Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, quite exciting today, we've got some local guests in to have a chat with us. We have Tara and Adam from Activates Constructions. Welcome guys. Hey, Thank thanks you. For having thanks us. for having us. Yes, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Um, we thought that it would be awesome to invite Tara and Adam onto our podcast because here in the inner northern suburbs of Brisbane, they're very well known for some of the beautiful homes that they do create for people. And in fact, I'd argue some of the homes that they have built and sold have been some of the most in-demand properties throughout um, the inner northern, sub- inner northern suburbs of Brisbane. So, you know, hopefully they're going to share some secrets with us about, you know, how they identified the type of product that the target market was looking for but ultimately what we'd like to do is really share their story about where it all began and how they were able to build build such a successful business and you know the fact that it doesn't just come easily uh, but also the fact that there is opportunity in property regardless of broader market conditions so hope you enjoy the episode so um we look we had a bit of a chat before we started um had a bit of a laugh which is always it's good to get a bit of an update of a bit of a rundown, I guess, of where you guys have come from. And it's quite similar, I think, to what we've sort of done in our past. And I think people are probably sick of me telling them about my first property that I bought with 19% interest rates and all that type of thing, which (laughs) mum and dad made me do. Um, Give us a little bit of an overview of you guys, Activates, how long it's been happening, and just a bit of an overview, if you like, to start. Um, Well, we um, met when we were in high school um, in grade 11. Um, we bought, we've been together ever since we've, uh, bought our first home when we were 21. Um, and it was from actually getting told no, that you can't, um, do anything to the house with a deck or any extension that, um, at that period of time, I wasn't really knowing what to do. And I went to become a tradesman. So I had to do my apprenticeship and in the meantime, um, I had the lovely support of Tara with everything else and we just had to make ends meet and yeah. um, battle through it. And we renovated it on, you know, on the weekends and, and sort of started out there. So we've always sort of really taken um, things into our own hands and like really worked on, we, you know, we spent a lot of time, we were both working. Adam was then doing his carpentry apprenticeship. I was a beauty therapist actually. So, you know, we would do that and then kind of make alterations to the house essentially just to improve it um yeah over the weekends and after after work but um yeah we we were talking before saying that it was you know this tiny little workers cottage and it didn't even have hot water in the kitchen you know we bought this place with all the money that we'd saved and um yeah that that's all we could afford is that little house like that so you're both born and bred brisbane Yes. No, so I'm, I'm Melbourne. You're Melbourne? Yeah. Okay. But the beauty therapist would have been handy for pulling those splinters out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what, one thing that I will say that just puts it out there for everybody to have a little bit of perspective in life, this little tiny house, um, they called it a two-bedroom place, but it was a tiny little sleepout that had a single bed. They raised five kids in it. Wow. They had no, as as Tara said, they had no hot water in the kitchen. So I presume that they would have had to boil the kettle on their mm. stove. Um, I I I am a, I am six foot two. So when I went into the um, bathroom, the the way of the design of the bathroom is um, I could sit on the toilet, put my legs in the bath, 
and wash my hands at the same time. That's how small it was, and I had five kids. So the bath was a part of the shower. Yeah. It is interesting that you say that, Adam, and it's a really valid point to raise. I think that the way we live now and all of this talk at the moment because interest rates are rising and, you know, people can't afford to, apparently can't afford to hold mortgages, you know, are people living beyond their means? I mean, let's face it, we look back to the way our parents grew up and the way our grandparents brought up their own children. And you're right, people were crammed into small homes. Um, our whole perspective on the way we want to live has changed. Absolutely. And, and we've got this mentality that, you know, we must have it now. There's there's less patience in the world of, of trying to work towards something mm. that is ideal and um, I guess more of a reluctance for people to start small and and build up to what is ultimately ideal. And instead, people, you know, will will wait to to buy that perfect home. And whether it's about keeping up appearances or not, who knows what it is. But mm. it is a really interesting generational change that that we've seen because yeah. you know when you do buy those small, you know, cottage style homes, and you think, well, what is the history of this home? There's been many families that have lived in those small cottage style homes um, and it was never a problem for them however this generation it's like it's too small I need something bigger and, and I'm not going to throw test your memory but I'm sure back then your interest rates were higher than what they were now as well absolutely yeah and, and another thing we talked I think I mentioned this in a podcast a few weeks ago was the generations maybe I didn't mention it I don't know but little things that we talk about um, you know growing up with our parents and going out to sport on weekends and things like that mum and dad never went and bought coffee at a coffee shop no. in a takeaway cup. Yeah. They had a thermos <laughs> and they'd take their hot water and they'd make their coffee and that's the way it was. You would take all your things with you. Well, that's one thing that actually it's funny you mentioned that because the interest rate was higher and we were, Adam was on, he was a first year apprentice right. and I was a beauty therapist. We were probably netting jointly about $850 a week, you know, so we had to entertain at our house. So we had this tiny little house, but thankfully a big yard we just invite our friends over and they'd say, what can we bring? And we'd say, bring your drinks and hope we could scunge a couple of, you know, beers or something off them because we couldn't afford to drink those, you know. Isn't that hilarious? Because, you know, you'd invite your old friends, yeah. all your friends over, tell them to bring a paintbrush, you put on the put barbecue the and beers yeah. and then you can get something done to your own home during the renovation. Absolutely. I think that there's many of us that, um, you know, followed that approach as well. Yeah. Quite funny. So... What do you guys do? Um, do you just let people know? I mean, you don't contract. You obviously do your, your own work and your mm -hmm. own jobs. Yep. You, you want to start with that? Well, Adam is usually, he's the big acquisition guy. So, right. you know, the first thing if we're, you know, on realestate.com every single day, twice a day, first thing in the morning and, you know, before we go to bed, that's just what we do. So, um, you know, to be in the market for purchasing a property, like we're just, it's all about relationships and everything. And so Adam's the big acquisition. So it starts with him. You want to go through your process? Chopping and changing a little bit, going back just a little bit. <clears throat> um, we did do some clients and you've got to understand weaknesses, um, strengths and weaknesses in um, your, how you are. I do the acquisitions now, but I was horrible at actually saying no to people. So when we had clients, um, they would say, oh, can we chop and change? Can we do this? Can we do that? And I'd be like, yes, 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 yes. No variations, no nothing. So then that's your dwindling of profit coming down to the last one that we ever had. We made nothing. So we had to get out of that because that's definitely a massive weakness of my own. So, But my strength is finding properties, 
and um, doing the numbers and making sure that that actually will work. And then with Tara, Tara then does all the design and all the interior design and and um, I'm very, very lucky that <laughs> <laughs> we have two sides of the business. They're opposites. <laughs> can, I, can I just sort of um, add some context there for the audience? So you guys have been... Um, it's not the right word to use, but I guess we could use the word flipping. You've been yeah. buying properties, you've been adding value through renovation or demolition and rebuilding for about 10 years. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. now you're... Full time at ten, for 10 years, sorry. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. So yeah, so before that we were doing things, yeah, from, yeah, so we've been pretty much flipping on and off for about 17 years, but we launched into full-time doing that as our, our jobs. Yeah, we had days. our little carpentry business um, that we're doing client work mm. and having our own house that we were trying on to renovate side. on the side. Mm. So that was only one. Yep. So in this process of building up the business, um, you know, at times you took on clients to build for clients, help mm -hmm. them with their, their construction needs. But yeah. now, as I understand it, you're exclusively building your own projects um, and all of the, the projects that you build are then sold upon completion. Correct, yeah. yeah. Tell us about the most recent one because I think it would be fabulous for people to get an understanding of the quality of your work and how much you've researched the target market to, to really focus on what they are looking for. So we've got a property that's launching um, next week in um, Weatherhead Avenue in Ashgrove. So that's right near the Bank Street Reserve. Um, and that's one of the things that we really look at. It's a prime example of what we look for when we're going to, um, you know, look for look for our next development is, is it somewhere that we would want to live? Like mm -hmm. we don't, we don't like buying on main roads. We don't like, um, you know, buying in flood areas. That's something that we always look, we do our due, due diligence on, uh, all of that to make sure that it's somewhere that is, you know, going to appeal to most people mm. um, about homes. And we also really focus on building homes um, that we would want to live in. We've got two children and, you know, um, we, we want to maximise the yard regardless of if it's a 405 square metre block or whether it's, you know, an 800 square metre block. The whole focus is on, like, maximising the usability of the land, um, keeping it flat, um, and yeah, building something that has like good family function. We, we pride ourselves on open plan living, um, you know, to be able to see the yard, uh, from the kitchen, have everyone connected, but then also have space that people can have multiple living spaces. So, you know, if there's someone that's maybe our demographic, it, you know, is families, but they might have older children or younger children. You've got toy rooms, you've got, you know, teenage retreats. That's essentially what we do. And what I love about what you do as well is the areas that you target, as you've highlighted, um, the areas that have huge owner-occupier appeal, location is critical, mm. location selection, and then obviously, regardless of whether you're building 50 kilometres from the CBD or 5 kilometres from the CBD, construction costs are the same. But what I'll say there is that um, what that means is you're creating quite a scarce product in the locations you're targeting because in Brisbane typically in our inner city locations you've got a lot of quirky character Queenslander homes so what you're doing is adapting what traditionally was the way Queenslanders were built which is not the way we're living in a modern day world mm. um, and you're creating that really modern open plan layout so you're combining the features of character Queenslander homes with the modern day living um, that, that families are looking for. Absolutely. And along that note, um, 
I, I think you can, well, I know that you can do it in um, a lot of different areas. Um, we, we just um, are based in Grange mm-hmm. and we only typically go 3K round radius from Grange. That's purely because um, what we've found with all of our supervisors or staff, if they have to go and meet somebody, go through something, they can visit five different sites at any one time within 15 minutes. Mm. Um, if, you're, if you're going from one section and you've got to travel the other to the south side and then over to Ipswich or up the coast, it just makes it way too hard. Yeah. Um, it's a part of our family. That, that all came from that um, we both love being around our family. We both love being close to our family with, with that um, – that we don't have to waste so much time traveling Commute, yeah. I and mean, commuting. So mm. to be around the area and to be able to come in and go out, that's that's fundamental to our business. Too. So I'm confident now that you said um, you like your buying areas you'd live in because I know you're doing three projects just around the corner yeah. from where we yeah. live. So, okay, we must live in a good neighborhood. We do, so. definitely do. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. we love Wilson. <laughs> how, do you, how are you finding construction? Costs and um, things like that, obviously time crunch. You guys obviously working for yourself. You're not contracting um, out and things like that. Well, so. I actually do the finance for ours, uh, like for our business as well. Yep. Um, and so we keep a really close eye on like, you know, um, we, you know, we essentially build four to five bedroom, three bathroom homes. Um, so that usually never wavers. So you could pretty much say that, you know, our cost per build should be around the same. And we've noticed about a 30% increase from 12 months ago. Yeah. Okay. So that's our cost. And obviously where, you know, we are, we've got, you know, 10 houses currently, mm-hmm. um, you pretty much hope that our costs were locked in, but we are just seeing a yes. It's, so been, it's mat- growing as well, that the costs are growing. Material supply or labour or both? Both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I think a lot of people, a lot of wannabe flippers, a lot of people that don't understand the construction industry, they can make some big mistakes if they don't understand what's actually happening mm. in terms of increased costs because people can look at, you know, what a buy-in price is. A lot of people estimate that construction cost and yeah. that's where they can really go wrong. You guys obviously being experienced, being in the industry, you understand those construction costs so you know that you can lock in those profit margins at the end. And, you know, we've seen multiple people, you know, they, they have the right intentions but something goes wrong along the way because they just haven't really firmed up all of their costs up front. Absolutely. Along that note where you say that um, people don't fully understand it, the amount of times that we would have people coming past the job site and saying, oh, what what would this what would this cost? <laughs> and um, I'm like, for the buy or the build? And they'd say, oh, all up. Uh, is it like a million dollars? And I'd be like, uh, well, unfortunately, we purchased this uh, six months ago and it was $1.4 million just for the purchase. And I've got no idea. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, uh, okay, well, then 1.4. So the build is like 200000 mm. Yeah. Mm. It's like... Wow. <laughs> Maybe in 1990. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is the, the critical piece of information for anyone that is looking to, you know, get involved in project flipping or, mm. you know, buy, renovate, sell. It's so important that you understand the industry, understand the costs up front because there's a lot of money to lose if you're not doing it the right way. Mm. And that's part of the thing that we look at as well and we get asked this all the time, like if I got a dollar for every time, we have to reply back on, to someone on Instagram of, you know, how do we work it out? We have a spreadsheet that we, we like 
when we're looking at purchasing a property, we enter in the buy-in price. And then at the end, we don't just look at our build price. You've got holding costs, mm -hmm. you've got stamp duty, you've got staging, you've got sales commission, you've got GST, you've got all these things that have mm. to be accounted for. Whereas I find the biggest mistake people fall into is they just go, this is our purchase price and this is our build price. And they don't actually even factor in their own time. You know, if you're going to take time off work to do things, you need to factor that in. Your time is worth money. If you're taking time away from your paying job to then do that, then that has to be accounted for. That is still a cost, even mm. though it's just your time. And I, you know, I have so many people that, you know, get in touch. They're trying to, you know, start out like Adam and I did. And, you know, that's just, you know, it, times have changed mm. and, you know, that's something you've got to really look at too. One thing I um, love that you've mentioned just there, Tara, is time is money. Um, now, obviously, you guys have put a lot of time into building a very successful business and creating a product that people love and will pay top dollar for. But you've also got, you know, another purpose and a lot of time that you guys have is put into charitable work yeah. as well. Can you help us understand the, the charity that you guys support um, and give us, you know, a bit of a rundown about that as well? Yeah, sure. So um, Adam and I are sitting here in our bright pink fluoro shirts that we've um, been <laughs> gifted by Bisley Workwear. So we, all of our team members wear these bright pink shirts on site um, and it's pretty much a conversation starter because I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 27 um, and so that was essentially where our choice to change careers started and um you know for the fact that i couldn't continue doing the work that i was doing um we were always flipping on the side and then obviously we just made the decision that you know life's too short yeah. after i finished my treatment we really launched ourselves into you know um working on major flips and um yeah just upping our business so we actually now are in the position where we like to give back to the national breast cancer foundation um so we donate five thousand dollars for the sale of every property that we sell um to the national breast cancer foundation and we chose that particular um cause because we really love the research that they do um in developing a cure so yeah. they have this aspirational goal of zero deaths from breast cancer by 2030 um, and with one in seven women being diagnosed with breast cancer at some stage in their lives, um, you know, it's, it's such an important cause for us. And we find the more that we speak to people, the more that people have, um, ha have know someone, a friend or yeah. a relative that's been affected by it. Um, unfortunately, on many circumstances, there's, they've known someone that's passed away from it. So mm -hmm. for us, um, with a young family, that's our, like, that's our way of giving back. So, um, and we're doing, you know, quite a bit of fundraising for that only, not only when we do the sale of the properties, but we're also going to run a community breakfast at the Grange Bowls Club. Um, yeah, in, in the area on the 14th of October. So that's going to be, um, we've got a few local sponsors of some of the companies, um, some that are in property as well. Um, yeah. We've just, yeah, got um, sponsorship from Ray White Wilson, which is amazing. Um, so we're really looking forward to doing that again and just really bringing some more um, exposure to that within the community. Excellent. Good community things. I mean, and especially this area, you know, you guys live in Grange. Yeah. Wilston, the whole area, um, it is a massive, massive community. Mm. Um, I think that'll be really successful. And if people can come along, 
Um, do, is it ticket event or is it something? No, we just it's um, so it's all outside, so it's going to be you know cashless. Yep. Uh, we're going to have sausage sizzles, coffee, um, you know, a few pastries and things. We're going to have a raffle. Um, so we're going to yeah have a, have a few raffles uh, prizes that are available as well. Um, so it's going to be within sort of like the start of uh, pre before school hours. So we're going to do six thirty a.m. to eight thirty a.m. So. Um, yeah, we're hoping it's going to be really successful. We're hoping to get some media there as well and, um, yeah, make it a really cool event to come and, you know, meet some people that, you know, maybe have seen our products in the community and say, come and say hi. Well, I think anyone that's um, in the area on the 14th of October, mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend getting down there to the Grange Bowls Club area. You can get car parks all in that area. It's a really good little spot, a lot of green greenery and parks for kids to run around. Yeah. Um, and obviously get a sausage sizzle and, and say hello to the people in the pink shirts. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and I do want to um, sort of loop back because I think it's absolutely incredible that as a business, you guys are, you know, giving back and, you know, giving back to such a fantastic cause. And obviously, thanks for sharing that personal journey that you've had with our audience. Obviously, there's a real personal um, touch as to why, you know, there's purpose behind that as well. And I think it's incredible um, you guys have, you know, being locals, you've you've built a very successful business. You're building a product that people, you know, really desire. And um, and at this stage, you know, regardless of broader market conditions, the products that you build are just walking out the door. You know, have you actually had any properties that you've built that that haven't sold that Absol- haven't hit the market? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I find all this really really fascinating. You now short. Um, time relatively short time compared to a lot of other people um when the banking royal commission was on mm-hmm. um banks were were not lending at all mm. um it was really really uh tight there we the were, longest time in market then we mm. were we sold a few properties at that exact time um it was very similar to the full, uh, the three months um when covid first hit yes it was a very similar period um i find i really do actually find it fascinating that we're fortunate enough that we are buying and selling in all different markets. So when we sold in those times, it just so happens that what we bought in those times um, were some of the best um, investments that we've ever done Mm. um, through both of those times. So yes, we sold in those times and it wasn't the greatest, but we also bought some really, really good stock. Um, So in this time when it, as of today, it's starting to, with all the interest rate rises, mm. it's starting to soften. Um, I'm I'm very optimistic that um, there will become a lot more opportunities and it'll be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, but I think also um, we have got an advantage, as you were saying, Melinda, that, you know, obviously there's a demand for our properties. Mm. I think um, consumers are really aware of the building conditions at the moment as well. And I think that's what we've got to our advantage is um, people know that they could, buy you know um an entry level um home that they could possibly knock down to rebuild but then they've got to you know find a drafty or an architect they've got to then take it out to tender to then lock in their builder who may not be able to lock in prices as we've seen a 30 percent increase in the last 12 months mm-hmm. by the time they actually get to a handover stage what will their actual costs be so um it does it you know, we do really find people that have been purchasing our properties in recent times are people that were just, it takes the guesswork out. They, they know their price. They know what the product is. And it might not be 100% what they want, but the way we build is, you know, to appeal to most people. Yeah. And, and we try to keep them all different, our homes, the designs. We don't just cut and paste. 
but that people can be satisfied buying a product that's that's and already it, done. And it seems like the um, that there's less uh, risk in that. As you said, they may not like absolutely everything, but the risk of having to consult with a um, builder to build the actual product and go through that exercise in the current market, um, we're finding that a lot of people would just prefer to move in, take one of our houses because um, with the uncertainty and the price rising continually, um, it's very difficult. And we've seen it in the past. We had a house that we completed last year that then um, the owner's circumstances changed with work and they sold the property within sort of seven months. And we know we're confident in the areas from our experience as well that you are going to continue to see growth. I mean, I, I don't know the exact figures on how much more it was, but it was a few hundred thousand dollars more yeah. than what they um, bought it. I think bought it was it six, months, six months between it. And yeah. we were at that, that subsequent auction. And yeah, you're right. It was a few hundred thousand dollars of price difference between when it first sold and when it sold subsequently. Mm-hmm. We were obviously in a very you know, um, a strong market as well, mm. but there was a lot of demand regardless of, of that fact. So, mm. yeah, and I think that's that's what appeals to most buyers. And I think adding to what you said as well, Adam, um, for a lot of people, yes, there's the uncertainty around cost and there's the uncertainty around locking a builder, but there's also the huge, huge, huge time involvement that mm. is involved to actually go through that whole process yourself. And let's face it, our lifestyles are busier. Yes, as a generation, we might prefer to live in bigger homes and not squash into our smaller homes, but a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't want the hassle. They don't have the time to be able to go through that whole process themselves. Mm. So buying that finished product in a, in a desirable location makes so much more sense for them. Um, I mean, I do it for a living and I, we're renovating our family home actually at the moment and you know, the time and effort that goes into it. You think I'd be an expert at this, but it has added such a big element of stress. I mean, we were having a nice little heated discussion last night regarding things in the home. Um, you know, and we should have the emotion removed out of it, but we're still, you know, it's one of those things. You, you're squabbling over, you know, colours of things and stuff that you've never thought you'd have to ever discuss. But should, I ask who, should I ask who won? It's always me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the safest bet. Hey, um, I, I just wanted. Um, touch on, and I know I, we, we, I harp on this all the time, obviously, probably my age about, you know, how we did it hard and you guys did it hard as you talked about with the things you had to sacrifice and you had to put the hard yards in and you gave up certain things and sacrifice things to try and build something in the future as well. Um, what are you driving at the moment, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> my, um, when I first became a um, tradesman, or actually, it was actually before then, um, we got a Holden Rodeo 2002 U, and to this day I still, um, still drive it. It's got, I tell everybody if they're ever going to borrow it, um, there is so many dings and scratches and things that have hit it on a job site that um, if you ding it again, just make sure you remember the story and let me know because um, it's got a wonderful. You can hear him stories. coming down Wilson Village because it, the tray rattles so so loudly that yeah, you, you, I just know where he is. I know when he comes home. So. I love it. So the values in, in things like cars, it's in, it's in property. That's where you obviously Absolutely. you see that and you've actually kept that in your mind the whole time. And, and obviously buying property and doing that sort of thing. I look. I look at the market at the moment. I still think there's opportunity for people. But you've got to sacrifice some certain things in life to get ahead. It's a long-term play. And if you want to be in a position in the future to set yourself up and things like that, sacrifice a couple of those little luxuries mm-hmm. um, and, and do the things that are the hard yards to get ahead in life in the long term. 
Absolutely. I'm trying to tell our three kids that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam, I think you, you also, you know, highlighted a, a really um, important point there, you know, the market shifts in, in you know, loops and roundabouts, let's just say there's boom times, there's bust times, regardless of market conditions, you guys have actually, you know, built a really successful business. You've you've bought in times where the market's retracted and from what you've said, they've been some of the best purchases that you've made. Obviously, you've sold in times when the market's retracted as well, but in the whole scheme of things, um, you make your money when you buy and you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market at the moment. I know we are in a position where we're looking out for that that opportunity that might present itself. So we might be, um, you know, knocking on the door next to you for those opportunities that come up in the next few months. I couldn't agree more. Um, the amount of times, even in really good markets, it the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is they they get approval maybe off a bank and they, they're excited, which is fantastic, but they're really excited and they just want to buy. So they go out and it's as if they get fatigued. They will go for a month at best, go to all the open houses, go and see whatever they want, and they get so emotional instead of actually sitting down and thinking about that another opportunity might come along mm-hmm. in, in six weeks' time instead of just four weeks and really focusing on that there is actually really good opportunities in a heightened market. If you just wait for something. If you just mm-hmm. wait. Absolutely. And, you, so and you'd be things. disciplined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of times that we've missed out, I could go through ratios. It's it's insane that we make offers and we miss out or we go to an auction and we get to a certain stage and you'll have all this pressure of people wanting to uh, make sure you bid up and just know, knowing when yeah. to say no. Yeah. yeah, it's very good advice. And I think, you know, the best example of that was last year. There was a lot of FOMO. There was a lot of people that mm. were overpaying for, for B and C grade properties, you know, not not well located, not in these areas that, that you would be building. Um, and yet, unfortunately, they're the properties that suffer most in, in times when, you know, buyers are sitting on the Absolutely. sidelines. So A grade properties tend to um, remain in high demand regardless of, you know, broader market conditions. Yeah. And we get sent things all the time as well, but like, you know, and that's the thing, we get a lot of agents sending us stuff for the sake of it. And, yeah. you know, we, we're very selective. So, you know, we yeah. just, we can sit through that very quickly. Well, I, I think you got something that's working. Um, so well, well done to you guys. Obviously what you're doing and, and we watch, because as I say, you've got a few jobs around the corner from us. So I am keeping a little bit of an eye on things for you. Yeah, awesome. I'm watching the site daily for you yeah. as I walk the dog. Awesome. Um, Look, it's been really good having a chat to you guys. Um, locals um, doing a fantastic job. And obviously, as you said, 14th of October is that breakfast at the Grange Bowls Club. So we'll go along. Um, and uh, hopefully everyone else can come along and have a chat as well. So that was awesome. Um, thanks very much for coming in. Thank, you, will, very um, thank you for having us. I'll let Melinda wrap it up as we normally do. Um, it's been really good chatting to you guys. And um, we'll look forward to chatting again next week. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now. Yes, if anyone wants to see some of the work that these guys do, um, how can they follow you on social media? Yeah, we're on um, social media, Activates Construction. So, yeah, if you see the profile picture with the bright pink shirts, you know you've got the right one. Perfect. Thank you so much to you both for coming in and sharing your story today. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again on the Brisbane Property Podcast. As always, if you've enjoyed this content, please share with your family and friends and hit that subscribe button so that um, you don't miss any future episodes. Have a fabulous week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now.
Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.